Hi everyone, I'm Sarah Gleason, and this is Unmuted by Mosaic. Hello everyone, today we're meeting with Lydia Sunberg, a two-time Clausen RA who's majoring in International Studies, and Jess Hong, the RD at Clausen. Lydia has researched the topic of rest for her academic studies, and Jess offers a unique perspective based on her journey and years of experience working with students here at PLNU. We're here to discuss rest as both a human right and a vital element of our personal and spiritual wellness. And stay tuned to the end for some resources that Lydia and Jess will give us. Let's get right into it. Well, my name is Lydia Sundberg. I am a junior international studies major, and I probably would say my biggest role on campus is I'm a freshman RA, residential assistant, um, in Clausen Hall. And yeah, I've got my <laughs> RD here. Do you want to introduce yourself? Thanks, Lydia. <laughs> um, I'm Jessica Hong, I'm the RD of Clausen Hall, and another role I have on campus is that I'm the co-staff advisor of Voices of Love with um, Dean of Students, Dr. Jake Gilbertson. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. And Lydia is actually my uh, roommate, That's right. and Jess is my RD, <laughs> so it's really exciting to have both of them here. Um, for those of you that don't know, we're going to be talking about rest today. We have two different perspectives. Lydia um, wrote an interesting paper on rest and as an international studies major thinks a lot about that on a global system. And then Jess, we're excited to hear your perspective of what it's like um, fostering a restful community on campus, specifically here. Um, But just to kind of guide our conversation, I wanted to give our audience a little bit of context about um, the United Nations. Mm -hmm. So Most people may not know this, but the United Nations Declaration of Human Rights declares the right to rest and leisure as a universal human right. That means that all humans in all places and at all times are legally entitled to the right to rest. We're not just talking about getting the recommended nine hours of sleep every night, but instead real uninterrupted rest from work and other obligations. So Lydia, this context is guided by this paper that you wrote. Would you mind telling us a little bit about like the inspiration of the paper, what you learned from it, and some of the big takeaways? Yeah, so I wrote this paper for one of my classes, this uh, human rights class, and um, I'm like no way um, an expert on it, but I, I studied it for a little bit. Um, and the, basically the gist of the paper was to defend a right or to speak on one of these rights that the United Nations declared in this um, Declaration of Human Rights that they wrote a while ago um, after the Cold War. And so I was reading through them and I, I thought that this one is especially interesting because I don't think we talk about it a lot and it's Article 24 and just to read it's very short. It says everyone has the right to rest and leisure including reasonable limitation Uh, of working hours and periodic holidays with pay. Um, And in further research, I realized it's one of the most contested articles on the whole document because, uh, well, for many reasons, some people don't believe it really fits in with the other articles, the philosophy of the other other articles, but also it's just like hard to um, ensure and some people are like, why does this really need to be a right? Um, But really it is something that I think uh, protects people from one of the great, a uh, huge ail to society and maybe specifically um, more of capitalist societies of like this um, 
this really easy, um, this, yeah, a really easy way of making people, like putting people in scenarios where they are overworking. Um, so this, this article, I believe, really just defends um, or protects us from overwork. Um, the article before, the 23rd article, is an awesome article that gives us the um, human right of, of work, that we are allowed to work as humans, we're allowed to make a salary, we're allowed to um, make money, and then this one follows it, and it is also like, but we are also allowed to rest, and we're allowed to enjoy life, we're allowed to um, participate in, in cultural holidays, that's part of it, um, we're allowed like a more full life, and I think most of what my paper stemmed from was this article by Richards and Carbonetti that is called Worth What We Decide, A Defense to, of the Right of, of Leisure, or Right to Leisure. And in it, they make this whole case on the defense of the right, but at the end, they really hone in this point of, wait, people, like, this is a, a opportunity, this, like, Declaration of Human Rights is an opportunity to choose what we as humans are worth, that we have... In a Christian space, we would say the image of God. I'm not sure that's what they were saying in these spaces of writing this declaration, but we are set apart from other things in this world because we have imagination, we have empathy, we are able to feel things on a different level. And so because of that, we also like get to decide certain things on what we are worth. And if we're, if we're wanting to take this away from this article, from this declaration, like what does that say about what we think we're worth? Um, so I love that part of, of their article, and I, I stemmed a lot of inspiration of that, of like, wow, we're humans. We get to decide that we are worth rest. We are worth something more full than just overwork. And, um, yeah, that's kind of the basis of, of what I wrote on. A lot of it stemmed from, yeah, Rich Richard and Carbonetti and their work on this defense for this article. So, yeah. Thank you for sharing. That's I think it's really interesting to hear more of a global perspective and, like, what the laws are like in other places. Um I also have just been thinking, I read your paper, mm -hmm. and I've been thinking a lot about the idea of, like, earning rest mm -hmm. and how in your paper you're talking about rest as a human right. Like, it's not something that we earn. It's just something that we should have next to the right to work. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe that's not how we view rest a lot of times, right. that it's not just something that we get. It's something that we have to earn like on a weekly or yearly basis. Right. So. I agree. These two things are not in opposition and it is not like rest and work are not against each other. And they are also not like a cause and effect of like rest means then I get work or re work that means then I get yeah. rest. Like they're not something that flows from one to the other. It's two things that I think are separate that do kind of bounce around with each other and, and play in the same arena, but they're both parts of, of 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 life and parts that we need to honor um yeah yeah it's interesting when we think of rest as a privilege <laughs> ra rather than a right like oh it's i mean what in so many different contexts like oh rest is only for people who hold a certain financial whatever mm -hmm. class um privilege and yet i feel like that imagination is too small for what rest can be um and how we often talk about rest too. So yeah, yeah, love that. Yeah, absolutely. And and even in discussions of human rights and all of this, mm -hmm. you do have to talk about privilege as mm -hmm. well because mm -hmm. it looks in the American scale, it looks mm -hmm. way different mm -hmm. than it does in in other places. And um, yeah, we've got to wrestle with that too. Um, 
yeah, I don't really know all of the complications of that. But mm-hmm. in the paper that I wrote, it looked at sweatshops specifically because there's a great um, – um, a lot of overworking in, in those arenas mm-hmm. too. Okay. So, what does rest and this right look like in in that um, that place? So, yeah, right. And our understanding of rest and whether or not we're getting enough of it, maybe here in the United States, mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily reflect the experience of people in yeah. other places. And it's important to be aware of that, but also to like fight for other people's rest as well. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Thank you for sharing um, your research, Lydia. I think that's really helpful. Um, I would love to bring this topic kind of more narrow into our local Point Loma community and talk about rest among college students and young adults. Um, According to a Harvard study, over half of college students sleep less than seven hours each night. Consistent lack of sleep is linked with mental health issues such as anxiety and depression, Beyond this topic of sleep, most students here on campus will say that they feel overwhelmed, I definitely relate to that, Mm -hmm. by the nonstop fast pace of school, homework, jobs, and their social lives. So I'm curious how you two have witnessed or experienced this phenomenon in your time here at Loma, both as a student and then also as a working young adult. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think this is so, I mean, this is so prevalent in my life. Um, juggling, juggling a full course load at school, um, an RA job that I love, but is also like equally emotionally taxing mm-hmm. and and also I would say physically, um, it's a tiring job and it's awesome and beautiful, but it's also tiring. And then the jobs on the side too that help you make um, like money that you can spend in the week, like it's a lot adding up. And then personal relationships care for self and like fitness and and rest even um it all starts to add up and actually in a meeting that I had with Jess earlier this week I I talked about how you know this is new for me in my life that I'm able to recognize in my body that like okay I am tired like I can Mm -hmm. I can understand the like signals that my body's giving me that I'm tired and that's something that's pretty new for me I don't think I had that awareness of myself earlier in life or um, even like last year probably um, I can recognize it but it takes great humility and this is the part that I have not mastered yet it takes great humility to say yes I recognize that my body's tired and I will honor that and say no to things in my life Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's like um, something that I am still working on and is is the is the crux of where I, I have not figured this out yet is I can understand that I am tired I cannot, maybe I think it is, I cannot humble myself or I cannot um, jump past that and say, okay, now the, the, the like right thing to do is then to, to take something off the plate or or to find ways to rest in life. Um, that's like probably the hardest thing for me and I think what a lot of students around me um, find because you want to say yes to everything and you want to be there for everyone. And um, that's beautiful, but it's also perhaps not realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. we were talking about that earlier this week yeah. So. Yeah. this is a regular yeah. topic of conversation <laughs> for both yeah. of us yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I mean sleep. it's interesting sleep is like both a factor and a, um, what's the word I'm looking for almost like a symptom right like um, it's mm-hmm. 
a factor into why maybe feeding into some of these um, layers of mental health or like um, sense of stability, security, all of that. And it's also right when you're anxious and stressed, you're less likely to get sleep. So Mm -hmm. it's like almost this two-way movement um, when it comes to lack of sleep. Um, And I think especially... um, I mean, personally, when I was navigating depression, like no, no amount of sleep would ever feel sufficient for the lack of um, or the exhaustion that I was feeling. So clearly there's layers of, yes, physical rest that is so important, um, emotional rest, spiritual rest, like these other layers of rest that I wasn't experiencing that fed into um, whether I was getting enough sleep or not. Um, I think we see that with a lot of students is whether it's like immense sense of responsibility in different areas of their life that they feel a lot of um, stress and burnout with um, or yeah, there's just a lot going. I mean, the last two years, like the Mm -hmm. last two years, there's a lot to process, to feel, to like think through, to move through. Um, And for a lot of students, college is kind of the, it's not always the case, but for a lot, this is the first space where they're maybe starting to become aware of certain emotions, how their body functions, um, what are signs that they are limited, and it's hard to listen when maybe that hasn't been the practice growing up. Um, and that makes it really difficult. It's that like interim funk of, um, that self-awareness piece that isn't quite there, but is like starting to be explored. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I definitely did not get enough sleep in college. I don't know if I still get enough sleep. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it is definitely, a um, it's that like funky space where probably all of us could say sleep is good for us. Mm -hmm. And yet (laughs) we may not always get the sufficient amount of sleep. Um, and what is kind of like that disconnect is it, it is lots of things clearly. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. I want to go back to something you said a little earlier, you talked about resting, like sleeping, Mm -hmm. because that is a form of rest, Mm -hmm. but still feeling tired, still feeling exhausted. Mm -hmm. I know Lydia and I have been talking a little bit about this, like just in our room, like Mm. I'll wake up and I'll feel like I should have energy, Mm. but I don't. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really interesting to think about, okay, I technically got enough sleep, Mm -hmm. but what are the other aspects of rest Mm -hmm. that I'm maybe not tending Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. that could be contributing Mm -hmm. to that feeling of exhaustion? I don't think I thought about it like that before. Yeah. I mean, gosh, there are so many times where I'm sitting across from students and they're like, similarly, like I'm exhausted. And we start digging a little deeper on all the different areas of life that they're holding, that they're experiencing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no wonder you're so tired like that, right? Like even when you're um, Lydia you were referring about the RE role like there is emotional labor there's things that you're emotionally invested in that take up energy (laughs) and so um, I mean I'm sure recently I'm learning a lot about how like nutrition plays into that how like our um, sometimes inability or um, fear of moving through emotions contributes to that. Like there's so many layers, but um, there's just so many moments where I'm sitting there like, of course you feel exhausted. Like you're holding a lot, you're navigating a lot. Um, And so 
sure, you can be getting a lot of sleep, but unless you tend to the kind of these other areas of life, I think you'll always feel some level of exhaustion. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I also am just curious from your personal perspective or maybe what you've experienced with Mm -hmm. some students as well, why we tend to sacrifice rest, Mm -hmm. even though we know it's important, even though Mm -hmm. we feel our bodies telling us that we need it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I think part of like what Jess was saying is, is, or or, uh, a bounce off from that is some of these things that are going to provide you rest in the long term Mm -hmm. are actually not restful in the first step. Mm -hmm. Like the first step to figuring some of these things out, like maybe, um, like first step is is finding a therapist and going to your first therapy appointment because you are carrying a lot and that is really tiring for you. Mm-hmm. That first step is not restful at all. It's like actually the True. probably the worst thing in the world. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so when you already are feeling like you're carrying a lot, mm-hmm. to take that first step is is like how could I? I don't even have the strength to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where your people come in and clutch for you and, and say, hey, I, I I hear what you're saying. Let me help you with that first step. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think um, a lot of those those first steps are really tiring in and of themselves. Um, and so I hope that's when we have good support and um, good people in place. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think it takes a lot of creativity to figure out what will give you rest in the moment. Mm-hmm. And when you're tired, in my own, this is my own self, when I am over overwhelmed, when I'm overworked, when I'm extremely tired, I noticed there is way less creativity in my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so even like the the space and time to think of what, what really will give me rest in this moment, that's not like watching a movie or something like that, that is restful, but maybe not what I need. That like creative aspect of like trying to really figure out what will help me is, is like not even existent. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, there's like, three things that kind of came to mind is one, if physical needs are at risk, right? Like if financially, um, housing, basic needs are not met, that will always take precedent and validly so, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think even that piece of like, right, talking about rest as a human right, if that is kind of the precedent, then these basic needs should be rights, right? And we need to make sure that ourselves, our communities are taken care of in those basic physical needs because rest is not even a possibility for people that are working three jobs to make Mm -hmm. ends meet, right? Or talking about like vocation or like things that are more, um, yeah, that's just not tangible um, for people that are like, and I think that's where some of our hustle language comes from. It's like, well, I I need to work to make, put food on the table, to have a roof over my head. to which I want to be like, I, I don't want, I want more for you. Like, mm-hmm. I want that. You, you need to have those needs met and more. Um, and so I think physical, like, survival is a huge layer. I think emotional coping is another one. So, like, the fear or the questions of, like, what will come up if I stop? Like, I think mm-hmm. a lot of us have things that we don't want to deal with internally. Um, and so I'd rather just even like tune out watching TV or like work until I like can't stop because then that's that's better or easier or what I know versus to sit with some of my fears, um, some of my anxieties or um, whatnot. So 
that. And I think, too, like work and productivity are indicators that we matter, right? Like a lot of us really like feeling busy. We like feeling, and it gives us a sense of purpose, significance, which I don't think is inherently bad. Um, I just don't think it's the only way to feel significance, right? Like you can rest and feel significance and that purpose, right? Um, And I think that for me, at least in the last few years, exploring that arena has been so beautiful to go, oh, I don't have to like work myself to the Mm -hmm. ground to feel like I matter. (laughs) What a concept. (laughs) Um, And so I think that is a layer. Um, And I think some pretty unhealthy, toxic understandings within Christian tradition Mm -hmm. around service um, and martyrdom um, and almost the like unhealthy combination of that and then if as I mean a lot of students on campus deeply care about justice and so it's like put those two together and almost creates a really really unhealthy um space and I I say unhealthy not to like shame if you've been in that space I often have to like swing myself out of that space um but it I think it just feeds it. They mm-hmm. feed each other in some really unhealthy ways. Um, and I think the reframe over the last few years for me has been understanding my rest as resistance, mm-hmm. as an act of justice, because in a society, um, for me personally, where it's like, as an Asian woman, where I'm both Asian and woman, to be seen as less than rest is where I reclaim that. Mm-hmm. Um, And that is not just for me, but also for my community. So um, recognizing rest as a space of resistance, of reclaiming, of affirming my humanity um, is like that act of justice. And it doesn't always mean I have to work myself to the ground for others. Um, And so, yeah, those are kind of the few things that came to mind as like barriers to Mm -hmm. wanting to actually pursue rest. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if there's other ones. I'm sure there's other ones. (laughs) (laughs) And those are all really beautiful. And I think um, the third one for me rings especially true of like, if I allow space for rest and I give things up, what do I like do with my time? Mm -hmm. Because what, like what will define me in that Mm -hmm. time, you know? And I think at Point Lama at our school, there's, it is encouraged to be involved in a lot, a lot Mm -hmm. of things. And truly, I think, you can gain great affluence on this campus by showing up to a lot of things Mm -hmm. and I I think that that is I mean in a way beautiful but also really scary for Mm -hmm. what we're putting ourselves through and when we make those connections of like oh if I keep going to things Mm -hmm. I am more known here and that's Mm -hmm. just a normal thing like you meet more people Mm -hmm. and stuff like that but it makes it really scary to then start to say okay wait I need to stop to stop showing up to everything because I also need rest Mm -hmm. and then when I choose rest like what do I do with that time Mm -hmm. what is defining me in that time Mm -hmm. do I let myself just be you know that's Mm -hmm. like a really scary thing to let go Mm -hmm. of I think Mm -hmm. um saying no and then figuring out okay what do you do with that time Mm -hmm. and how do you how do you cope with the fact that that in society you might not be looked that might not be looked at as as um, I don't know I don't know 
productive, productive, yeah. Like, yeah. valuable, someone of influence, yeah. Yeah. Um, someone to look up to, right? Yep. All of those things are often gained. A leader. Yep, yeah. totally. Yep. Yeah. And those are hard things to let go of, I think. Mm-hmm. But, oh, totally. Yeah. So, like, easy to talk about in this space. Actually, Way harder. Yeah. Years and years of shedding and like undoing again and again yeah yeah for sure yeah and that piece of resistance is also beautiful that i have the you want we have the boldness people that that prioritize arrest have the boldness to say i I want something more for myself Mm -hmm. for my community Mm -hmm. um well that's the lie of capitalism mm -hmm. right like we're a means to an end for profit and i think the irony is when justice work becomes the same thing Hmm. like we become a means to an end um for some end goal which there's so many philosophies around justice but i think that is a piece that is really hard to sit with and detangle that i have found myself multiple times going i am actually perpetuating the dehumanization Mm -hmm. of myself by working myself to the ground yeah, and things that might be good and things yes. that might right. um, bring life to another. Mm-hmm. I am actually also a, can start to become part of this cycle. Of, totally. Yeah, that's hard to grapple with. How do you yeah. know the, the like lines on that? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I even think of things like the, the saying of like the American dream that we mm-hmm. work ourselves mm-hmm. to make it. And that's like a sad idea. Like. Mm-hmm. Our, our lives are more than just working to make mm-hmm. it. Our lives are, are are meant to be enjoyed as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think these terms that we use are actually kind of scary when you really mm-hmm. think about them. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and so this like idea of, of, of we are worth what we decide and mm-hmm. what we make space for in life, it, it comes, comes really important when you start to break these terms down, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Welcome to Beyond Unmuted. This is a segment of the podcast where Sage and I, the producers alongside Sarah, talk about ways you can engage with the topic of the episode beyond the podcast. Yes, and today we're talking about sleep techniques as a college student. Um, In the podcast, we talked a lot about community and environment, but we wanted to give some practical tips just for you and your schedule and your best. So we're going to give you guys four practical tips and tricks about managing your sleep as a college student. So the first tip is physical activity, which I know for a college student, no one wants to do, but it can actually promote better sleep. But you want to avoid being active closer to bedtime and try to do it like in the morning to give you like a good boost of energy. Great, yeah, that that can be hard to do as a college student, but it's so important. So the second tip is just managing what you eat and drink before bed. You should try not to go to bed hungry or stuffed. I know it can be hard as a college student, you always wanna do those late night in and out or Chipotle runs or have a late night cup of coffee, but really that can be harmful to your sleep schedule. So it's important to try to just be moderate in the hours before bed. And the third tip would be managing your stress before going to bed. So try not to go to sleep full of anxiety. Some things that might help would be to meditate um, or stay organized during the day so that when you go to bed, you're not worrying about um, other daily tasks. 
And lastly, a fourth tip is only using your bed for sleep. I know this can be so hard in dorms, um, but try to sit at your desk or go to the library. Or if you really feel like using your bed, I've even found just like sitting up in a different position than like actually laying down can be really helpful. Um, because if you start using your bed for other things, then you start to connotate it with work and, and stress rather than rest. So be careful with how you use your bed in your dorm room. Yeah, so these are just some tips that can help you. It may not work overnight, but if you continue to incorporate them in your life, um, it should help you have a better uh, sleep schedule. Uh, so back to the podcast. Woohoo! See you guys. Jess, you talked about rest being accessible mm. to different people in different ways, which mm-hmm. I think is a really important point. Mm-hmm. And also how you giving yourself rest is also mm-hmm. giving your community rest mm-hmm. and Lydia you also tied this in with like when we're not feeling up to taking that first step we need our people to come mm-hmm. around us mm-hmm. I think a lot of times when I think about rest my first instinct is oh be alone mm-hmm. like self-care type mm-hmm. of thing mm-hmm. What does it mean, possibly, to imagine rest in community, Mm -hmm. rest with other people, and, like, be supported Mm -hmm. in your efforts of rest? Mm -hmm. That is a great question. (laughs) I actually recently listened to a podcast where someone articulated this really well, and I should have wrote down the name of the person, but it was on Dr. Um, Brene Brown's podcast. I love um, her. (laughs) With someone, I feel like his first name is the doctor, Dr. David, maybe. I can't remember. We'll we'll circle back. We'll circle back. Um, But actually, it was really fascinating because they spend some time really pushing against the term self-care. And I had never heard this before. So I was like, oh, how interesting. Um, And I I wrote down the quote um, and he says, like, self-care presumes that this is just for me and that it separates from the community that you're a part of. And my partner says, if I'm sick, we sick. Mm -hmm. If I'm well, we well. That's a freaking notion of well-being, mm. that if any one of us are well, that we are all well. If any one of us is sick, we're all sick. This notion of self-care being, like, very individual is very Eurocentric um, to sort of divorce my well-being. Um, and I thought that was so interesting because that is a way in which um, our Western e- individualism mm. has seeped in even an aspect of rest. I, it doesn't mean that time alone isn't valuable like I just think if that becomes the center of how we understand rest that may not be as possible for a mom with newborns like right like um and and so how do we have an expansion of how we understand rest um how do we care for one another that if I'm in a space where I have I maybe feel more stable. How am I extending to people that maybe aren't in that space? How do I help look up therapists, call therapists, Mm -hmm. you know, like um, care for one another in that way? Um, But yeah, and like the financial layer, right? Like the wellness industry makes a profit off of going to the spa, buying certain Mm -hmm. things, right? Like even that, again, like this, this, um, idea of capitalism seeps into even things that are inherently good and again investing in those things aren't isn't bad but when that becomes the standard of rest it becomes inaccessible to people um yeah i 
Lydia, I'd be curious your thoughts on it too. Yeah. I think that we miss out on this communal part a lot. And I think it, it is more than just in rest. I think it's, yeah, in terms of health, that when, and we have biblical language for this too, which is, is beautiful. And, but in like a broader scope mm-hmm. of like, yeah, when somebody in your community is, is, is hurting, that mm-hmm. it affects the whole community. And that is the beauty and the ale of like living mm-hmm. in community mm-hmm. is, is that when someone hurts, we're all going to hurt. Mm-hmm. I think in my understanding in my short time here in America, we're kind of disconnected from that notion. It is, yeah, we'll bring over like, a casserole or we'll bring over um i'll lend you some tylenol but are we committed to the long road of of wait i'll actually show up for you every day that and i when i have the capacity and understanding my own my own limits um i'll show up for you as much as i can and when i can't i will rope someone in that i i know is 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 on go when i'm on pause um and so i think we have to be committed to um, the like longevity of, of healing and um, and I think that takes some time to work on our resourcing and our creativity mm-hmm. of, of how to um, really help somebody out when they're when they're in a hard spot but yeah I think this connection of community is is key to rest in that there is rest that is for self and by done by yourself there's also rest that that takes your community to hold you up um and to be there for you supporting you um so yeah Yeah. and i would say when we're searching for imagination what will be helpful (laughs) is to center the narratives of people without power Mm -hmm. right like it's because it's really easy right because the people with power are the people with money with um accessibility to take time off or like um have two weeks vacation or like stuff like that right um and it's really easy for people with a certain status lifestyle privilege to control the narrative of what rest looks like um but i think even i i would say like the encouragement as faith-based people where like the marginalized are centered is to understand rest from different perspectives, right? Like even a friend recently was telling me it almost in a passing comment. I was like, I need to sit with that Mm -hmm. was she was like talking about retreat and how that is a very specific understanding of rest where the ability to leave for somewhere else Mm -hmm. and experience rest that for people in urban settings or in that hold multiple jobs or um, are caretakers like that's not always accessible so when retreat becomes our go-to yeah. understanding of rest we're missing out on some really valuable accessible ways of understanding rest and so um, I think that's where like um, bell hooks has been a huge like influence in understanding rest um, for me and um Oh, I I was like ready to name people and I'm like (laughs) blanking right now. But start with Bell Hooks if you do not know who Bell Hooks is. So, yeah. And the Nap Ministry. She's very (laughs) honest and um, really like poignant in um, her language that helps 
um, me remember and reframe like ah yes like the Mm. rest is resistance Mm. um yeah they're two people I really look at are they authors um the nat ministry is like a ministry form Mm -hmm. but they're on social media um bell hooks is a yeah she is an author who um theologian thinker um who has recently passed Mm -hmm. um so i'm bummed i would have loved to like see her speak live Mm -hmm. at some point but um i get to be influenced by her through her books so all about love is definitely a First, good first place to start. Awesome. <laughs> we'll make sure to link those in yes. our description. <laughs> um, as we close out, mm-hmm. I want to ask one more question. Um, what are some practical, and Jess, you just uh, touched on this a little mm-hmm. bit, but what are some practical ways maybe that you have discovered in your own life or that you've seen in other people's lives that have been valuable mm-hmm. places of rest ways to move through rest mm. or ways to reframe it in your mind mm. yeah I think I want to focus on ones that are yeah accessible I think that's mm-hmm. kind of what we've been talking about a lot and I think for me and Jess knows this for well one of the most restful things for me is just to go on a walk like mm-hmm. truly I mean we're on a campus that's beautiful and um So times for me of great rest are times when I'm actually moving, which is kind of weird Mm -hmm. and it seems like it doesn't really fit, but Mm -hmm. that is great time for me to um, spend time in thought and I have different kinds of walks, like sometimes it'll be with music and that's like I really just need to peace out for a while. (laughs) Um, And other times it's it's times when there's no no input of any any voices and it's just me Mm -hmm. just walking and thinking. Um, so that's been a great a great mm-hmm. space of rest for me, and I think um, times uh, where I participate in some artistic practice, mm-hmm. um, mm, uh, has been like have been like really um, times of of rest mm-hmm. for me. Um, whether it's painting or just getting a piece of paper and trying my best to draw something. Mm-hmm. And I think also in the community of friendship, um, I have found rest as well. Sometimes you just need to be with a good friend and that is sitting in a car just driving without mm-hmm. saying anything um, or it's in deep in conversation on some latest debate or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, those are times of great rest and, and beauty in my life. Mm-hmm. I think I can imagine rest also as like, I think it can lead to, if we're talking about resistance, it can also in a way that's different than what you're talking about, mm-hmm. but it can be through simple acts of protest too, mm-hmm. of like, sometimes it is restful to stand mm-hmm. up, sometimes it's extreme, extremely tiring, but mm-hmm. also sometimes mm-hmm. there are pieces of, of, of like rest and standing up for your people. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's more of relief and that, mm-hmm. and this, with this feeling that you're you're helping out and you're, you're raising awareness, but I think there's rest there too. Mm-hmm. Maybe just standing with those mm-hmm. who fight, are fighting for the same thing, um, mm-hmm. but yeah. Mm-hmm. I love those. Um, Something I find myself doing more recently, probably because I have felt a little bit more anxious, um, is moments of like five minutes of just pausing and like being really mindful of my breath. Mm -hmm. Um, It's wild to me um, how many times I will maybe like tune out or... um, 
not really be present and I when I'm brought back to the present my like fists are tight my jaw is clenched like I'm breathing like shallow breaths and I'm like okay (laughs) let's let's like um take a deep breath do a little like re almost like settle my nervous system um that's often really helpful also I think this isn't always my go-to, but it's been something I've been practicing more because speaking of like needing to be productive, I don't know if I'm alone in this, but, um, sometimes when I'm running to go errand, go on errands, um, I'm thinking of the most efficient, productive route (laughs) ways, what stores am I hitting? Like all of that. Um, and the last few months I've really felt invited to go like, let's go the long possible route (laughs) let's stand in the longest line possible (laughs) and there are moments where I'm like oh I am not patient (laughs) um but I think it's like and into when I've really leaned into that space and invited like awe and wonder Mm -hmm. at the people around me in the spaces I'm in and presence um it's been pretty significant to go like why are you in such a rush? Like, it's just errands. Like, it's going to be okay. Um, So I think that's been huge. Um, I have people in my life that, um, although I think in some level probably a lot of my relationships are like this, but some specific people where I'm like, when I'm with them, I feel like I can, like, take deeper breaths Mm -hmm. or, like... um, I would describe them as like a breath of fresh air. Like I think in times where I really need rest, I also connect with those friends um, and kind of like almost, this sounds weird, but there is science behind this of just like almost this like shared breathing together Mm -hmm. almost um, that really does both foster um, intimacy and connection and also um, like settling together which is like so beautiful um often used with romantic partners but (laughs) also can be like shared amongst friends too um yeah so i think that's beautiful so yeah those are some of the things that came to mind that's (laughs) awesome i love the aaron story (laughs) my professor james wicks the other day Mm -hmm. said that whenever he is at a coffee shop and Mm -hmm. sees a long line he's always like yes (laughs) i get to wait in line and do nothing and think about nothing and i thought that was so cool and is kind of to your point Mm -hmm. like seeking out Mm -hmm. and being okay Mm -hmm. with like lines is Mm -hmm. a small thing maybe but can put you in the right direction and in the space to be able to slow down yeah yeah it is not a small thing as someone who is very impatient and that productivity vein runs deep within me. I think that's amazing to be yeah. in a place to go. Yes. Like, yeah. I'm definitely not there ever, but I want to be. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. A, such a great um, perspective. And I don't want to be stuck on my phone all the time. Right. Like even that I got into that habit of like pulling out my phone if there's a long line to be distracted. Um, but to like really lean into that presence, I think is so cool. Yeah. And those moments where you're in line and you're not on your phone, Mm -hmm. they are moments where you get to look at, like, literal humanity Mm -hmm. and just Mm -hmm. see interactions Mm -hmm. around you. And that's, like, beautiful. Like, Mm -hmm. you get to experience, truly experience Mm -hmm. life in those moments where you're like, I'm choosing to not choose Mm -hmm. a distraction right now. Yeah. And to experience what it means to stand in a line and watch Mm -hmm. people and to experience that part of life. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, thank you so much, Jess and Lydia. This has been a really fascinating conversation. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've gotten to learn more about, like, the political side Mm -hmm. of things, but Mm -hmm. also Mm day-to-day. What does it look like to rest, and what does it look like to rest in community, too? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Sarah. (laughs) Thanks, Jess. Thank you so much for listening and for supporting us. Thank you again to our guests, Jess and Lydia, and stay tuned for our next episode dropping in two weeks about the post-grad queer experience. Until then, take care and stay safe. This podcast would not be made possible without the Office of Multicultural and International Student Services at Point Loma Nazarene University. It was executively produced by Sarah Gleason. It was written and researched by Sage Tabor. The editing and graphics were created by Michaela Norwood. It was recorded by Point Radio at Point Loma Nazarene University.